0: Hello and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested. So please, consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. And today we're doing another episode of a StoryCorps interview that I did with my really good friend Heidi Aldridge who is a podcaster. StoryCorps does a they do a nationwide tour with their studio and they were in Salt Lake last September so I got my really good friend Heidi Aldridge who is a podcaster with her own show called Heidi's Lemonade Stand and we got together and just talked about our shows and life and communication and talking to people and some of the challenges and that we all go through and it's just a fun little event and these interviews through story and their one small step program are archived in the library of congress so that's a pretty cool thing so they'll be there till the end of the world i guess so i hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll catch you on the next episode thanks Hey, my name is Brian Parrish. I am 53. It is Monday, September 12th, 2022. We are recording here in Salt Lake City, Utah. My interview partner is my friend, Heidi Aldridge. Thank you for joining me, Heidi.
1: Thanks, Brian. My name is Heidi Aldridge. I am 49 years old, and today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. And we are recording in Salt Lake City, Utah and I am with my interview partner, Brian Parrish. And I think we're more like associates.
0: I don't think I can be friends with you.
1: <laughs> okay. We're associates. We're colleagues.
0: You're too young to be <laughs> friends with me. I'm too old. <laughs> That's right, we're, true. We're, we're doing this. Uh, we're going to do this little interview this way. We're going to do two, two truths and a lie.
1: Uh-oh.
0: All right. So Heidi, tell me two truths and a lie.
1: Two things that are true about me and a lie about me. Okay. So I'm going to tell you how about that I have had like 36 different like careers or jobs ranging from anything from like a fast food worker to a private investigator and a radio talk show host. That's one. Number two, I am a wife and a mom and a grandma.
0: And you haven't even hit 50. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And number three, I love lemonade.
0: You love lemonade, okay? Should I tell you mine, or we want to so, unpack yours?
1: What do you want to do? You want to ask me which well, okay. one's the? Okay, all right. Tell me. You want to know? You want to li- guess? Tell me your. No, you got to guess. Truth.
0: Okay, the truth. I think is you love lemonade because freaking everybody loves lemonade. <laughs> How could you not love lemonade? <laughs> lim- You're not American if you don't love lemonade. So I that, think that's your. I think that's a truth. I think your lie is. You're 36 jobs. You're not old enough to have had 36 jobs. So. Oh
1: yeah, good. And then
0: the grandmother. That's easy. I think that's. I think that's true.
1: Okay. All right. Well, so you think the the first thing where I haven't had that many jobs. That's actually true. I have had 36 jobs, and I have done all kinds of things. Like you name it, pretty much. I've worked there. I've had quite a variety of jobs, and I've worked since I was 16 years old. So. That's a lot of years of working, but I worked fast food. I worked at like pet stores. I've like done a radio talk show. I've done private investigation. I really have done all these things, but they were, they were big parts of my life or certain stages in my life. And so it was really fun. I had a good time. I've done a lot of things, but the radio talk show, um, was probably one of my favorite things because I actually wasn't really qualified to do that. I just had an idea of a radio talk show that I wanted to do. And so I went to the local radio station and asked them if I could do it. And they said yes. And I was on the air like a month later navigating my own radio talk show. So that was really fun. Same with private investigation. I thought it would be really cool to like find missing people. Because I thought, you know, like reunite people that, you know, maybe... They want to find an old friend or an old boyfriend or a mom wants to find her adopted child. So I thought, oh, that would be a really cool job to reunite people like Oprah would.
0: So missing alive people, not dead people. Yeah. Okay. Missing alive
1: people. Yes. (laughs) And so I checked the phone book under like how to find missing people. And there was this investigation company that was listed in the phone book and I called them and I told them, I said, I want to help find people and reunite people with each other. And they said, okay. Okay. And a month later, I was working as a private investigator, and I got licensed. And I did that for years, and it was a really fun job. (laughs) I actually never found anybody, though. I didn't find missing people.
0: You were a failure at a private (laughs) investigator. No, that
1: isn't what we did. We ended up doing all kinds of other things, like you know, watching cheating spouses and watching people that claimed to be injured that weren't. And we did a lot of.
0: Also, you were a professional stalker.
1: Yes, I was a stalker before it was a real thing with the internet.
0: Before, yes. before it was taboo.
1: Yeah, that's true. I like got paid to stalk people. <laughs> it was awesome. So, yes, that is all true. And your lie. Okay, well, other you still think, you think that I'm, I'm a wife and a mom and a grandma. Uh, you th- think I, that's true? I believe that's true. Oh, that is true, actually, too. <laughs> I have been a wife for 30 years. I've been married to my sweetheart for 30 years, and we have three kids. And those kids, two of those are married, and I have five grandkids. And I became a grandma when I was 43 years old.
0: Only in Utah could that happen. (laughs)
1: That was so true, right? And it was all legit. Like, I got married and had my first kid when I was 20, and he got married and had his first kid when he was about 22. So it was all on the up and up. (laughs) And so, I, yeah, I have five grandkids ranging from age five to five months and I just uh, use a lot of hair color so that I don't look like a grandma. <laughs> so that is true as well. And then you think I love lemonade.
0: Well, but yeah. You, I mean, by default, I know <laughs> that's alive, lie, but how could you not?
1: Right? I actually really don't like the flavor and taste of lemonade. I don't. I don't think it's a very refreshing drink. It actually makes me more thirsty to drink it. But you'd think I like it. Because my whole life the past twenty years has revolved around lemonade. Because my radio talk show that I started was called the Lemonade Stand. And then my podcast I started a couple years ago is called Heidi's Lemonade Stand. So you'd think I really like lemonade and then I possibly sell or drink lemonade. But so you
0: are an it. absolute fraud. <laughs> I don't know. That's what you're saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. I guess so. <laughs> it's really more after the saying, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. So it's more a saying than an actual drink.
0: So well, what cool. was I sent you something the other day that said, when life hands you lemonade, hand you lemons, give it back and take tacos.
1: Yes, that's what we need to do. <laughs> that's what I would do. Or pizza. I'd probably pizza, rather do yeah. that. Yeah, when life eat hands pizza, me lemons, I'll eat pizza. Yes, <clears> that sounds really okay. good. Yeah, I, 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 that was the best way to describe what my podcast and radio show was about. Because I can say when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade, and people know what that means. And so it was a good way to describe the people I talk to on my radio show and my podcast are people who have really been dealt some lemons and how they've made it their life better. They've made that lemonade. And so I've been really blessed to be able to meet amazing people that have incredible stories of terrible things they've overcome and what they're doing now because of what they had to deal with. So super inspiring.
0: And no shortage of people. No shortage Everyone has a lemonade story. Right. I've interviewed
1: 251 people so far the past year and a half, so almost two years. So amazing, inspiring, incredible people that I've been blessed to be able to hear their stories and uplift my life because of it, too. That is awesome. Yeah.
0: That is very cool, and it's cool that you do that, and I've loved watching you grow with your show because you have just gone nuts with it. Well, Go and
1: way. I appreciate you because as an associate or colleague oh. of mine, <laughs> you actually again. got me into podcasting a couple of years ago when I met you and found out you were a podcaster as well. I was like, I want to do that. And you just taught me all the ins and outs and I am doing it because of you. And I appreciate that. So oh, thank wow. you. Well, you're welcome. So now you've really. got to tell me your two truths and a lie. You okay. gotta let me figure out what you're up to.
0: One, I met Jesus. Uh, Two, I was an animal for three years. And three, uh, I've been podcasting for 30 years.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay, like you're supposed to tell two true things and one lie thing.
0: Yeah, and you have to decide which one's which. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way. Not necessarily in that order.
1: Yeah, there's no way any of those are true. All right, so yeah, there's no way. You can't, you're just a big bat liar. <laughs> okay. Okay, so tell me, how like how is this possibly true that you met Jesus?
0: I met Jesus, well, the, <laughs> I met a guy playing Jesus <laughs> on a movie set, because I have done some background acting for uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints film department, when they did the Bible video series. So I was on set with Jesus... <laughs> And that's how I met Jesus. So, <laughs> so that's true.
1: Good job. Okay. Ish. That is true. Ish. True-ish. Okay. I like how you're stretching that. Okay. So what about how, how can you possibly be an animal for three years?
0: Well, let me think. I I put on a monkey suit back in 19—it <laughs> wasn't a monkey. It was a fox. I was a mascot,
1: uh-huh. a professional
0: mascot for the Colorado foxes, the, semi was a pro team in denver way back before the major league soccer came on the scene so i did that for four years four seasons Um, my best friend was the mascot for the Denver nuggets for 30 years and that's how i got into it i watched him being a clown in front of people acting like you're six years old and getting paid for it and i said that's the job for me <laughs> totally is is because you can act like a two year old and a cartoon, and get paid for it. It was the best job I've ever had.
1: And the crowd goes wild.
0: And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and you have so much control. Yeah. Over a crowd, if you're throwing things into a crowd like free stuff, people will lose their absolute minds for right. free stuff. Right. So it was it's a total power trip, and there's a lot of a huge adrenaline rush for doing that.
1: That's awesome. I love that you did that. That's great. So you t- were technically not. Technically,
0: <laughs> I was not an animal, but I but was. You played an animal. I okay. was a cartoon. Yeah. I played an played animal on pop. TV. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: Awesome. Okay, so podcasting. I know you have a podcast, but it probably hasn't been around for thirty years. So that's got to be the that lie is a lie because, for the thirty uh, yeah, years. Technology has not. Podcasting
0: been has not existed for thirty years. Right. So that's the biggest lie I could come up with today. <laughs> right? On the spot. yeah On the spot. So,
1: so tell me about that.
0: My podcast was um, I've always been genuinely interested in people and their stories. And um, a few years ago, a friend of mine said, you should start a podcast because you have good opinions and we like what you, how you think about the world. And there was another show called, based here in Utah, called The Story Trek, where they would randomly go to literally random towns, knock on a random door with a camera and say, what's your story? And people would always go, who am I? I have nothing. Nobody wants to hear from me. I'm just, I'm a nobody. And he would push a little harder and everyone has a story. And then when they were done with that interview, they would drop, they'd put a map of the town on the ground, drop a Sharpie marker on that map and wherever that map landed, that's where they'd go. That's his, the randomness of that show was the miracle of it. And it was brilliant. And I said, that is the coolest. So I want to do that. And I, that's my show is I, it's called Perish the Thought. And I will talk to anybody about anything. My tagline is the um, real stories from the not-so-famous. I don't want to interview famous people because that's all they do, and it would just be another boring interview for them. I want to hear stories like yours. <laughs> Thanks. Like I've had you that's on boring. my show. Your story and why you started your show is, okay. is really heart-wrenching and uplifting. And I think that's a brilliant thing what you do and what you what both of us are doing with our show is you know, everyone wants to change the world. And they, I think they think it has to be on some grand scale where they're on the news. But we can all change the world by changing our world.
1: How and are you changing the world, Brian? What are you? What doing? I'm
0: trying to do with my show is is to have people on that, on the surface, I may not politically or religiously or whatever get along with. Where in the past I would have just dismissed them, marginalized them, put them in a box, and moved on, it's because that's safe and comfortable. But now I've tried to have people on that, going into it, I know they have different political beliefs, different religious beliefs, and just understand an attitude of understanding how that person arrives at the, where they are in life. Right. Instead of, oh, you're a, you're a this, you're a that, Put you're in that box now, and, and now I can understand you because you're in that box, but you're, you actually understand them less by putting them in a box. So that's what I'm trying to do to, because we're so polarized and it's easy to hide behind your keyboard and rip on someone or do a dry call it drive-by. You do a drive-by and then there's no accountability for saying hurtful things or calling someone a name. And I, just, I think there's so much need for it now because we're just getting, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse.
1: I love that you do like that deep dive. You like go there. You go and talk to people and you actually genuinely want to know what they're about and what yeah. they're, how they got the way they are and why they think the way they do instead of just arguing with them. You want to try to listen and hear them out, and then you'll still make up your mind what you believe after listening to them. It's not you're like you're believing everything everybody tells you, but you deep dive and care to understand and care to listen.
0: Well, if, if you and I disagreed on something, if we were doing it through Zoom or online, it's easy for me to say, "Well, f you, Heidi, right. you suck," but if you're sitting across the table like we are now, I see the human in you. I'm not going to be as aggressive. Hopefully, by having that interac- interaction, and I think if we put the human, like right now, I mean, Republicans hate Democrats, Democrats hate Republicans, atheists hate Christians, Christians hate atheists, and nobody really knows why. <laughs> right. That's so and if true. they just said, "What." Well, I've had a guy on my show three times who's a, he calls himself the liberal atheist geek. He grew up Jehovah's Witness, and now he's completely atheist, and I've had him on to try to understand, tell me how you've got here. And I don't have to cave in my values or whatever right. by listening to him, but there's a, there's a thinking that says, if I even talk to the quote-unquote other side, then, then they're going to steal my soul and I'll become like them. They're going to get me. Kind of thing.
1: I love that that you don't believe that.
0: I don't believe that. Yeah. And if we would just take the time to do that, I Good. think we would be a lot better off and and just learn how to talk to people, talk to each other again, and care, genuine caring about somebody else, regardless. And you don't have to change them, you don't have to fix them or save them. Boom, there you go. There you go. Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop.
1: That's awesome. I would love to change the world too in my own little way. I'm the same thinking of just, I'm more on kind of this me too movement. I really feel like on my podcast as people share experiences and stories that they can relate to people and people will go, oh, me too. That totally happened to me. Or I felt that way or I had that experience or this tragic thing happened to me too. And it's amazing as we share stories that we can find out that we're not so picked on or so alone or that nobody cares. You know, I'm hoping that as people share their life experiences with me on my podcast that people will resonate with stories they hear and, and even look to that as an example of try to, how to get over it and how to get through it or how to get past it too. And so I just wanted. Help people understand that they're not alone. That's like my big mission too. It's,
0: it is interesting how when we are going through a challenge, I don't know if by default we will isolate ourselves because right. we're embarrassed. Why do you think that is in all the interviews you've done, all the 251 <laughs> interviews you have done, yeah. why do you think that is that we, we, we go into a little hole and try to, and hide? Yeah. Have you found that as a common theme?
1: Well, a lot of the people I talk to, you know, they they struggle with something and then they kind of turn around and go, what can I do about this? And those are the people that are making changes and making life better and making the world better because of what they went through. But I know there are that is that natural reaction to have something happen to you and I think it's easy to go, you know, God doesn't love me and what did I do wrong and why did I deserve this and kind of go into this why me kind of phase. I think we do that. And like Did I not do good things? Am I not a good person? Like, did I not take my vitamins? Like, why did this happen to me? You know, why me kind of attitude? And I think as we can hear other people's stories and go, oh, it's not just me. Like, I went through infertility for years, and I thought – I was being punished, you know? Oh, I'm the worst mom. That's why I can't have any more kids. Or I'm a terrible person. And, you know, I don't make good choices, whatever it was, like that my mind was telling me, you know, all these things that this is why you can't have kids is because you're a terrible, crappy person. When really the truth was, you know, my body just couldn't hold a pregnancy, like (laughs) nothing to do with what kind of mom I was or my personality. But once I started talking to friends and just going, wow, I'm really dealing with miscarriages and not been able to keep a pregnancy or not be able to get pregnant and they're like me too
0: why do you think your first reaction would be to ask what's wrong with you right I why think, do you think yeah that's a common theme
1: yeah i think that, why i do think humans do that
0: why why do you think
1: we human i think it's human nature to just question that like what did i do wrong why me i think it's natural it's a, like, i don't
0: think it's even a question i they you're blaming yourself
1: yeah yeah, you really did. Did you
0: say, what did I do wrong? What did I Not, do wrong? Why me? But what did I do wrong? You yeah. think you deserve this. Yeah. That's people, an interesting...
1: That's really, people really think that right away. And they they even like will analyze their whole life. Like, what did I do wrong 10 years ago to make it so this is happening to me now? Because you always hear, you know, your consequences about your behavior. <laughs> and you're just like, well, then what did I do wrong? And so I think I think it's just a natural thing to kind of feel like, why me? And what did I do wrong? And... And kind of you're so picked on. But then I've learned now to like turn it around. And first of all, I say, why not me? Why am I different than anybody else? Like people have stuff they deal with every day. So why not? It's life is to have to deal with.
0: Why should you be, why should I be spared?
1: Why should I be spared? Exactly. So it should be more like, why not me? And then I've even taken a step further to be like, when something's really great and fabulous and you're just relishing in a moment. You know, like even just right now, you could just be like, why me? Why am I the lucky person that gets to sit across the table from Brian right now and have chat? Why me? You know? So if we start questioning- that's where my friends go.
0: That's (laughs) where my friends friends sit.
1: Well, maybe I'm on the friend level now. (laughs)
0: Always been on the friend
1: level. But I think it's that type of thing where we should question when good things are happening. Why me? Why is this happening to me? And then it'll help us when negative things happen to not question them and feel so picked on. Just embrace everything that comes at us. It is what it is. That's what I always say. Well, it is what it is.
0: (laughs) I hate that phrase, but it's very true.
1: It is so true. That's what I teach in my motivational speaking and my teaching. I'm always trying to give tips and advice to help people get through stuff because it's hard.
0: And it's interesting because I know this about you that you don't think very highly of yourself, but yet you are out there helping people get themselves motivated and get themselves out of their holes. Right? Do you want to share a little bit about that? Or is that too dark?
1: No, it's too dark. <laughs> Let's just laugh through That's the that. irony of what yeah.
0: you do is how you... How I view things, myself. How you view yourself. Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of... Myself and, and and probably other people can just relate to this. It's this. It's that mean guy in your head, you know, that voice in your head that tells you that you're not cute enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not thin enough, or you're not enough.
0: Not whatever enough.
1: Not whatever enough. And I think the longer we entertain that thinking, we believe it. And I even had proof back when I was a kid because I was bullied so bad that. Now, as an adult, I still rely on that proof of those people that picked on me and told me how ugly I was, that it's like, well, it must be true because they said it. And so I still play it in my mind of like, well, you're still ugly. You're still this ugly little 12-year-old, you know, and and that's what I see in the mirror. And so I definitely struggle with that. And so it's something that I do. I have to listen to my own advice because it's something that's hard To like navigate sometimes, you know, when you're having those days of just not enough and not feeling like you feel like you compare yourself to everyone else too. You know, it's that whole highlight reel, right? Like we compare our worst to everybody else's best. And I teach this that we shouldn't do this. So thanks for bringing that up, Brian. But (laughs) we are our best students, right? And best teachers. (laughs) We if we can help ourselves get through things too. And so that's something I've had to learn for 20 years now. I've been studying and learning, you know, and positive thinking and, and the power in that and manifesting and mindset and all those great things to try to be able to look in the mirror. So it's a work in progress.
0: <laughs> well, the, the people that said those things to you, that, I guess that would be the original fake news.
1: Oh, there you go. And look at it that way. That's a really good way to look at and it. And how
0: you believe that you bought it. Right. You, you probably didn't even question it.
1: No. Not and that's
0: the same thing that happens now. People will say something mean or horrible or, Put something out there that's not real, and just because it's on TikTok or whatever social media of your choice, we like that must be true. It must be true. We don't even. In fact, there's a there's a thing going around, a, a rumor going around. I don't know if it's national. I think it's national that that there are people that consider themselves furries, identify as furries, and that schools are having to put in litter boxes for people who identify as cats. And I've even spread it around. I always say. I've heard this. I don't know if it's true, but that thing is going like crazy. And I've done some, just a little bit of research last night and it's, it's a rumor. It's not necessarily true, but it's amazing how that grows legs.
1: Right. Right. And we just
0: run with it because things are getting crazy and. Right. And
1: that's, yeah, that's totally what I teach now is to question your thoughts. Like, that's so funny that you'd say that because we, we heard it, it must be true. And just like we think it, it must be true. And that's not true. And so I try to teach people to like question their thoughts. And just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. And so if you can like find the proof, like, and like, like you did last night, you did the research. You're like, I want to find the proof. You know, I've heard this, I've thought it, and it's not true. And so that's the thing is like that's something I even have to learn now, you know, is like I'm not that 12-year-old little girl anymore that gets bullied and picked on. I haven't been made fun of in a few years, you know, and so where's the proof, you know? And so just because I thought it, just because I look in the mirror and see things, I see all my flaws, does that mean it's true? Because other people might not be seeing what I see. And I'm the same way when I look at someone else. I see all their greatness and all their beauty and all their radiance when I look at another person, you know, and I'm not going to sit and pick apart the size of their ears or the size of the length of their neck or their fingers or whatever. Like we just don't, we spend all that time marinating in it ourselves and other people to really don't give us much of a thought. And so we need to get over it and question those thoughts and not believe them and try to turn those thoughts around and think truer, nicer things. So I even had to go as far as like writing down things that were, decent about myself to try to counteract those negative thoughts and it works it's a really good way to kind of switch your mind and focus on things you do like
0: because you're reading it and then not just hearing it in your brain yeah it's different
1: yes definitely
0: because you can say i am a good person right until you see it written does it not connect in your brain even though your brain's saying it
1: yeah very true we need to tell ourselves but nicer things. I even have had that advice of like, would you tell your best friend the same things you tell yourself, you know? And the, and when you're cutting and putting yourself down, would you say those things to your best friend? There's no way. No way you would do that. There's no way I would do that. I would want to uplift her and just encourage her and be like, you've got this. You've got rockin' curly hair today. You've got this rockin' smile, whatever it is, and be like, you've got this. And so why can't I at least treat myself as well as I treat my best friend?
0: Yeah, because I've never seen what you see right in you right People I've seen that... nothing but the opposite Yeah, it's weird it's it a is sick weird.
1: twisted mind
0: it is a t- human... it's terrible
1: to be in this head of mine <laughs> <laughs> no but we're just going to treat each other nicer that's the key learn from my mistakes
0: loving your love your <laughs> love your neighbors right and your that's neighbor true. you are your neighbor you
1: are your first person you, you need are to your start your first neighbor yes right I think so yeah we can't all look like Hugh Jackman though
0: no we can't <laughs> Just some so of I us.
1: have to tease you about that. Oh, hard life, Brian. You look like Hugh Jackman every day, then okay.
0: <laughs> if I could take credit for it, I would. It's not my fault, but I will milk this for as long as possible. And maybe maybe I can do a stunt double or he can find out. And we can be brothers from another mother. So Hugh Jackman, if you're listening to this,
1: yeah, ring, up. ring me up, yeah, bro. Yeah. Ring me up. <laughs> you guys look a lot alike. So you. no wonder you wouldn't understand how it is. moving on from this topic (laughs) but thank you for trying to change the world Brian I love that I love that that you are are doing it in your own way with your podcast and with reaching out to people and trying to understand them I love that you're doing that
0: it's fascinating because there's so many different people and I have family members who politically have we've always been on opposite ends of the spectrum and I had her on um Her name is Heather Thompson. I'm outing her. And she (laughs) grew up in Berkeley, the Bay Area, so very, very liberal uh, part of the world. And when the Roe v. Wade decision came down, she was just crushed. And I said, well, will you come on and talk about why? And I don't. And I had my views on it, but they were very limited in my understanding as well. But had her on just to understand why she felt the way she felt. And it was a phenomenal conversation. And a lot of her friends were really surprised. And it's sad. She's almost 60, I'm 53, that people are surprised that we can actually have a conversation and and come away with solutions or at least, under, again, understanding each other yeah. at the very least. Yeah. And And I found out some views that those on the left have that weren't as... Sinister as I'd been fed my whole life, mm. you know, feeding from the conservative media trough my whole life. And again, I've, I've kind of stopped that a few years ago. But that was, that's what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Bridge those, those gaps. And, you know, we are here in Utah. It's very, very conservative, very red state. There's a lot of us versus them everywhere. The the devil's coming to get us. I'm like, nah, I don't think the devil's coming to get you. I don't think it's that cut and dried. We just, we can be nice and kind to each other. (laughs)
1: That's good.
0: That's the moral of our stories, I guess.
1: Yeah. That's good. It's a good way to live, Brian. I love how you're just open to learning about others, you know, because I think if we could all walk around with a little bit of that mentality of like, it's okay to be open to other people's ideas, it doesn't mean we have to transition to that or start taking that on or being that way but it's just as we're open and just listening and then i think it's just going to be a lot friendlier Mm -hmm. world
0: when i wasn't i was a i consumed right wing everything for 20 years yeah thinking that i had to protect my family from Uh, the, the oncoming evils of the left right and i was mad all the time for no reason and I finally just got tired of doing that and just stopped. I don't consume any of it anymore. I'm, right. I'm on the fence. I'm a fence sitter. There you now. go.
1: Because <laughs> now I, you know too much.
0: I've had friends that say, you got to come down and pick a side. We're in a war.
1: Oh, no, I'm not going to nah. do
0: that. I'm, I'm going to be yeah. – I guess if you're on the fence, you can poke fun at both sides.
1: That's what I do too. I, so I love it. it. I just see both life. sides. I do. I it's totally easy.
0: see it. easy. You can see the truth in every yeah. perspective. There's a little bit of truth in every perspective. Yep. And everyone's trying to get through this life the best they can with the experiences they have. And we need to see the humanity in that and try.
1: Perfectly Boom. said. Second, mi- second, second mic, drop. mic drop.
0: Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris to Thought Show.